because she's dead. Oh, look what you made me do. Are you ready for it? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to another episode of the Screaming at the Sky podcast. I forgot the title of our own podcast. I forgot how we do this. It's been so long. A truly unhinged Taylor Swift fan podcast. I'm Mari. I'm Annie. It's been a while. Um, We took a little break over the holidays. We needed to really sit with our Taylor Swift era's ticket purchasing trauma, really unpack it, just kind of listen to hits different a million and four times. And now we're ready to move on. And to honor one of our favorite Taylor Swift songs, New Year's Day, we might as well just do our entire Reputation album podcast episode. So that is what we are going to do. And a little extra context is in the last three years that we've known each other, we have, except for this year, posted that song on Instagram and tagged the other person on New Year's Day every year. Oh, I'm sad we didn't do that this year. I was like, we're doing a whole podcast episode about it. That's true. We talk every day. So it's not like it wasn't communicated that this day, yes, New Year's Day is is a special day with a special song. But rather than just spend an entire episode talking about just that song, which I think you and I could do if really, if we were pressed, we thought we'd just talk about the entire Reputation album as a whole, what was going on in the world. This was a turning point. This is kind of, if you're mapping a Taylor Swift journey, this is this is big. The before was big and the after was big. And this was kind of like a cataclysmic event in the timeline that is Taylor Swift, in my opinion. It was a cataclysmic event. To me, it's bigger than her winning for 1989. Like the fallout, she did so many things different. She broke her every two years album streak. She deleted all of her social media, which she'd never done before. She did no press. Like everything about it was just like, fuck you, here's this album. And everyone was sort of like, thank you. I get what's happening. (laughs) The tour was supposed to flop. Everybody thought like, I don't know. To me, this is, it's like fearless, this and then folklore. Like if you, if I can only pick three moments on the Taylor Swift timeline, I think those are the three. Cataclysmic moments? Three cataclysmic moments. Those are three huge blips. Mm-hmm. So let's do the pledge first and foremost. Um, we're mm-hmm. here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift. We are not here to talk about who Taylor Swift has dated or what size pants she wears or her red carpet looks, although she does continuously slay. She's her own person and deserves privacy and the ability to date who she wants wear what she wants, and be, and I quote, whoever the fuck she wants. We are here to talk about the music of Taylor Swift, which is immaculate. Case in point, the episode for today. We reserve the right to also hate some of her songs, also see later in the episode today, and scream at each other about it. In solidarity, ladies. Ladies. Oh boy. Let's go. Let's go. So let's get in our time machine. Let's cast our minds back. The one the Grammy record of the year, album of the year for 1989. Astronomically huge. The tour is huge. Uncontroversially popular. Yes. I would say. Then we have the Taylor Swift is over. We have the leaked phone call. The Taylor Swift is over trending on Twitter and she just ghosts. So she breaks her two years streak because I'm 2017 is when the album should have come out or 2016 is when there should have been an announcement and it didn't come. She then wipes out all of her social media, which I did not know that nobody had ever really done that before. Like I was looking at the Wikipedia and it was like Taylor's kind of credited as the first artist to do this. Like she deleted her Tumblr. She deleted her Instagram. She deleted like her website went black. Like it looked like there wasn't a website anymore, which other artists have done 
since. I just didn't realize that that was kind of like the first time it had happened on like that huge scale. So obviously Mm -hmm. everybody took notice. Again, I was at work when it happened. And then she started posting, at least on Instagram, those like individual pictures that made a snake. Like what is happening? But with the recorded phone call and the tailor is over, the Kardashian-Jenner camp called her a snake, which is why the snake emoji was all part of that. It was like, is it an album? She gave nothing. Like, I don't think she, I think she did all the social media stuff. She posted the picture and then she dropped my album reputation is coming I think it was November 2017 yeah she drops one single look what you made me do 24 hours after that announcement I think like I'm dropping the album on this date here's the first single off the album and then she did a preview on Monday Night Football and it was ready for it I was like trying to figure out any other singles and others came out in other countries but the two I definitively remember listening to or hearing about before the album itself came out was look what you made me do and ready for it I was very much in the fandom I was aware the album was coming I listened to it listened to it multiple times through where were you in your fandom journey Annie like were you aware this was happening I I loved this album in reverse I I got it all wrong and then it was all right (laughs) so the internet like the media talking about the Kanye Kardashian smear campaign, all of that. I was aware of it. I've always been pretty pop culture savvy. Um, in terms of like what was happening with her and her music, I wasn't super plugged in yet. I was absolutely a fan of her. I loved 1989. As you recall from our first episode, Red was first for me, then 1989, so when Reputation came out. I was in as a fan, but I was not, like, counting the seconds till the album came out. Like, I would listen to her new, like, this one, Lover, I listened to relatively quickly after they came out, but I wasn't, like, counting down like I would now. Yeah. Um, And then I ended up getting tickets to this show. Yes. So that was, like, a big step toward the clinically insane person you see before you right if I'm remembering my pop call and I've like always been a fan so that I didn't pay a ton of attention to like the negativity surrounding it so there's possible that I have this wrong the general sentiment though was still very negative of like oh look here she comes to try to change the narrative here she comes like it's over she's still over she can drop new music it doesn't matter no one's gonna fucking listen to it and then she drops it and it's huge Mm -hmm. and then Everyone's like, oh, well, everyone's just listening to it because of all the drama. Like she's capitalizing on the fact that she's got a bunch of eyes on her. So then the tour gets announced and it's like, this is going to be a flop. Yes, people will stream the album because they can stream it for free. But like she's posting all these stadiums. These stadiums aren't going to fill up. And then it turns out it's the largest North American tour ever in history for how much money it made. So it was just this constant, like she's shit, she proves it wrong. Oh, this is going to be bad. She proves it wrong. One thing I will say is that I remember, and this isn't like something I'm super proud of at this point now, knowing the journey I ended up, you know, making as a fan. But like at the time, I remember just being like, oh, shit's going down and not feeling super like bad for her, like not really totally understanding. I don't think I also didn't have the full context. So it was very much like celebrities feuding and like it is drama and it is like, oh, what's going to happen now? And then when I saw the Look What You Made Me Do music video, I was like, oh, shots fired. This is so crazy. There's all these like references in here. 
like, I don't remember feeling like I needed to defend her or like that I was super like proud of her or anything. Like, I don't know that I even had any, like that I really cared one way or the other, other than it was like entertaining. But yeah, how that story has unfolded over the years with the whole Kanye West situation and everything is. It's a saga. I've never used my social media platform to defend celebrities in any context like so it I also if it makes me feel any better I was much more plugged in than you were and I also did like I defended in like if someone was sitting next to me and was like I hate her I'd be like why like really break it down for me like really and again now with the foresight of like this is who you're gonna pitch your tent behind is this family and again this I think is the like overarching album thoughts before we dive into the whole thing We both have been on the biggest journey with reputation, probably. I remember I was listening to it. And then two of my friends, went. we decided to go out to dinner. And we were just like jamming in the car. I remember liking it, but also being like, you know, I don't like look what you made me do. And I don't like ready for it. And I don't like yada, yada, yada. And I skipped these songs every time they come on. And now listening to it those last couple of days, knowing we were going to do this episode, I was just like sitting at my desk being like, are you ready for it? And being like, this album's so good. It's also, so good. You know what the perfect primer to this album is? Again, everything happens in reverse with this album for me is Midnight's. I feel mm. like falling in love with Midnight's and then coming back to this album, I was like, oh, hell yes. And there's more to these songs. Like, because remember, like, some of the early impressions of Midnight's was like, oh, it's kind of stripped down, like, I wanted yeah. a big build up. I wanted like a little more. It's kind of like a naked beat with her singing over it. And this is like the opposite of that. This is like 18 layers happening at once. So yeah, it made me appreciate that a lot more. Having Midnight's, which I love as a precursor to this. It's a louder version of what she's good at. It's all this nuance of like, okay, let's take 1989 and turn it up like two more dials. Let's add... Not necessarily with like lyrical complexity, but like, let's mess around with auto-tune more. Let's mess around with the beat and the flow. Let's mix more like rap and hip hop influence into like using the 808. And let's really nail the pop production on this and prove to everybody that 1989 wasn't a mistake. It wasn't a one-off. But again, the production throughout her entire career has just gotten like tighter and tighter where you can't fault. Red and beyond. It's just so good. And I would, the only thing I would disagree on that you just said was that, how dare you? Um, First of all, so little sidebar, Wikipedia says that this album was inspired by Game of Thrones. I saw that. I'm sorry, nerds, stay off Wikipedia. Keep your shit out of here. Okay. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And I love Game of Thrones. Anyway, what I was going to say is that one of the things about this album that has, you know, taken me however many years to really get and appreciate and notice is the lyrical complexity of this album. It comes off, you can so easily listen through it and miss everything because of the production and the like petty Taylor can't come to the phone right now kind of lines. But I was looking, I was Googling the lyrics of these songs and it's one of those dumb things where I'm like, I can sing along to this. And then I'm like, oh, which is it? <laughs> go back and google it like some of these lyrics are in- insane like so good and they come so fast dance with your hand side is a- an example of where you're just like what what is she saying yeah huh? and then if you go back and google it it's incredible so should we go song by song yeah let's do it so okay. the first song is ready for it dot 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 ready for it i i love this song and i love the like 
flow. Again, when I first heard it, I think I got really annoyed by the way that she was like, knew I was a robber. First time that he saw me, stealing hearts and running up and never saying sorry. But for some reason, she's singing more than rapping. Like, I think it's like 60-40. Sounds less rappy to me now than it did at the time. Yes. I think this is her best track one. Ooh, I think I might agree with you. I don't even think that's that hot of a take. I mean, it is the perfect way to start this album. The one is interesting with the, I'm doing good, I'm on some new shit. I'm saying yes instead of no. But I think overarching for the tone of the album, you are right. You don't be ready for it. The table is set. Speaking of ellipses songs, are we ready for Endgame? My notes for the song, the first thing I wrote, what could have been? I would agree, but... I found myself really vibing with it until Ed Sheeran raps. I don't actually mind, again, her rapping on it. For some reason, it's not as offensive to me. I should examine why a white woman doing it isn't as offensive as a white man. They're both bad, but like... I'm sure there isn't a reason. (laughs) But as a disclaimer, are you cringed out by the Thug Cookies Taylor rap? Yes, I hate that. Yeah, so Ed, one thing I've been Googling is the songwriting credits on each song, because I find that to be really um so this is another max martin shellback collab which again i'm like white guy producing it why did we let ed sheeran rap what are we doing i mean there were there were some some non-white people involved but not enough i just i really like the big reputation big reputation oh you and me we got big reputations ah if you heard about me ooh. I got some big enemies mm-hmm. and I like her verse and future's verse, but I don't even really like that. I want to be your A team. It's not really about anything. If you're giving me a crack at this song, we're pulling Ed out and we're figuring out a way to cut down that. Like I want to be your end game, that section of it. Um, the one line I already shared with you that I love in this song is I don't want to hurt you. I just want to be drinking on a beach with you all over me. I love that line. I also don't like the uh, first string A-team. And as we've discussed, Ed Sheeran's entire verse is just a trash pile. I did something bad. My favorite thing about this song is that when this album came out, Nina was five. And this was her favorite song. And for those listening to this and who don't know my children, I won my youngest is like an absolute hell on wheels sort of child. So this song came out and it was like her eyes lit up. I was just like, I love this one. And I was like, of course you do, because you're always doing something bad. This was one of the ones that I liked right away. I still love it. Like I've continued to love it, but this was not one where it took me a while to appreciate it. I really, really liked it from jump. I think I just liked how petty she is on it. Because for every lie I tell them, they tell me three. It just kind of reminds me of Speak Now and some of the songs on there, like Mean, Better Than Revenge, that she was so kind of petty and angry. And she is just laying it all out here. of Like, I did something bad, but these guys suck. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel bad about what I did. Like, they're burning all the witches. Light me up. I don't care. I also like have always liked this song and I and I still like it now. There are lines, if I'm being nitpicky in this song, where lyrically I love what she's saying, but I wish she said it in another way. Like they're burning all of the witches even if you aren't one to me is like a clunky way to say that. But I sure. love following it with light me up. And then the other thing is gets back to like the rap the rappiness. 
like I love the lyrical device where she's like if he drops my name then I owe him nothing all of that but then when she says if he spends my change I'm like see I'm like okay because you are singing not rapping but then you add the like inflection and like certain word choices and just like it just gives me a little bit of the icks. I do love that. I never trust a playboy, but they love me. So I fly them all around the world and I let them think they saved me. You kind of heard it in blank space in 1989 of that idea of like her making fun of everybody making fun of her. You know, here I am, this crazy woman, especially the music video really leans into it. But you're you're right. So I wonder if the use of receipts will hold the test of time. That might not age really well. I think it was so of the moment. Kim being like, I have the receipts. Like, I think that was like part of the rhetoric when that video came out of like, here she is agreeing to it. Like, but you're right. There's some of this that's a little bit dated. Anyway, that's again, it's nitpicking. It's not that, not that deep. Don't blame me. Mm. Don't blame me. Love me. to me was the most unexpected song to have like a rebirth in 2022 on TikTok. Because it's got that choir. It's got that really good like drop Oh, Lord, save me, my drug is my baby. You're right. It's so, it's a weird of all the reputation songs, but it does have like a really good bridge refrain. The bass, the beat drops out and it's just the choir singing like, oh yeah, pitch it up an octave and speed it up and throw it on TikTok. That'll do really well. <laughs> I also like this one right away. Anytime a choir shows up in a song, I was going to be a sucker for this one right away. In 2017, 16 was like the era of the choir singing the crowd singing in every song like remember that band fun the only thing that I didn't love is the my drug is my baby like that line I didn't love and so then when this song came back I was like that's the part of this whole song that you're gonna just like really latch on to I also had struggled with the like drug idea it's like a pop song so like take it with a grain of salt but that idea and like the love made me crazy if it doesn't you ain't doing it right like it's a very over dramatic it feels very 90s this whole album kind of reminds me of like you know Britney Spears Christina Aguilera that era of like genie in a bottle hit me baby one more time I I do every time I hear it I'm like damn it don't do drugs and love make you crazy also that's bad But there is a way to use that sort of metaphor in a way that doesn't feel so literal. You know, like there's a song by Fantagram called like, you don't get me high anymore. So there's a way to do it that it doesn't inherently bother me. I'm not like, just say no. But I'm also like, you just said my drug is my baby. I do really like though, um, in the second verse that I once was poison ivy, but now I'm your daisy and she goes way up high. I do really like, I can't even do it. I'll crack all the windows in my apartment. Did you just hear me? (laughs) Yeah, but again, overall, I do love the choir. And yes, this has had a resurgence on TikTok, like a lot of songs from the like mid 2010s. The youth bringing it back. There's no way to predict what's what's coming next. And that's why I stay off of it. It's got nothing for me. (laughs) The only TikToks I watch are the ones that people repost on Instagram because I'm 100 years old. Same delicate delicate i did not like this song when i first heard it and i love it now i love the the verses dive on the east side where you at phone lights up my nightstand in the black come here you can meet me in the back i do like that we can't make any promises but you can make me a drink i like that line a lot yeah i think my favorite line is the dark jeans and your nikes look at you oh damn never seen that color blue look at you I don't know why I like that so much I like that we get like a tiny glimpse into a little more slutty Taylor which I really 
applaud. And I do not say that in a shameful way at all. No. I'm like, oh, oh, she's, oh, she wants to undress this person. Just think of the fun things we could do. So I remember listening to this album as the, it was going. I mean, like, girl, send your mind back. Like, she hadn't been really scandalous yet. Hands are in my hair, your clothes are in my room was the most suggestive lyric she had ever written and it was in 1989. I remember being like, oh, we're we're knocking boots. We're not saying it, but we're not just not saying it. Like there was years and many love songs and breakup songs where it was just like, you bought me flowers, we held hands, I cried. Like it was all very like above board. Then we got a little taste, 1989, and now we're going down the, oh no, we're doing fun things together. Yeah. Buy me a drink. She has another line with the hair. What is, what is it? Long nights with your hands up in my hair. Mm-hmm. Here, echoes, your, uh, echoes of your footsteps on the stairs. Stay here, honey. I don't want to share. Yep. This is like sexy Tay. Look what you made me do. I did not like this song at all when it came out. The way that my eyes were blinded, the way that my ears were not hearing correctly, the majesty of that song. And then she was like, the old Taylor can't come to the phone right now. And now I'm like, the old Mari can't come to the phone right now. Because she didn't like reputation. (laughs) (laughs) The old Annie was wrong about reputation. So she's tied up in the basement. You could view it as her trying to take advantage of the moment. But I saw it more as like actual growth as a person, as like a human being. Specifically the music video at the end with all the other Taylors where she's like mocking herself basically of being like, I acknowledge that I, I made mistakes. And I think Miss Americana kind of talks about post reputation or during the reputation era of like speaking out against Trump and like voicing herself as a Democrat and all these things of like, look, I'm not a teen anymore. I see it as like a positive, like, I don't look at this as a manipulation of like, she's just trying to like join in on the fun of like, she knows that everyone's making fun of her. So she might as well capitalize on it. I know that I messed up, but also like people are being mean to me. Like I've also been taken advantage of like both of these things can be true. Like I can have done the wrong thing and also be the victim. Well, and like one of my, one of my husband's biggest sort of criticisms of Taylor Swift, even though he likes her, but like would never listen to her on his own is like, he was once like, has she ever written a song about her making the mistake or her like doing the wrong thing because when we first started listening to it a lot it was all like red very much like the heartbreak victim was wronged whatever um or a love song so um this is kind of that first like you were saying it it is petty but it does also have some growth because it's kind of one of the first really intentional examples of her being like i got mine you're going to get yours i got mine and making fun of her old selves. And it also showed that like her disappearing off the face of the planet, like in that time frame, she had like done that, you know, that inner work to be like, okay, how am I contributing to this drama yeah. that's happening? And also I'm pissed. Cause like you really can't make fun of yourself like that if you're not like healed. Again, I think the song in and of itself is great, but when you pair the song with the music video, and you kind of zoom out, that's when it really becomes perfection to me. Like, I don't really like listening to this song if I can't also watch the music video. She like comes out of the grave wearing the 1989 dress as a zombie. And then she's burying herself from the Met Gala. And like, I just, I love all of the components of it, of like throwing shade at Justin Bieber and like throwing shade at Spotify and like really just being, 
I don't trust nobody and nobody trusts me. I'll be the actress starring in your bad dream. Oh my gosh. The next song is our, one of my favorite text conversations you and I ever had. So oh it goes. Ah, oh, fucking A. Another on the ellipsis series from Reputation. There are redeeming things about this song. Are there? There's three weak points to me on this album. This is one of them. And it's the fact that lyrically, the lyrics pull me out. The met you in a bar, all eyes on me, you're illusionist, all eyes on us. I make all your gray days clear and wear you like a necklace. I'm so chill, but you make me jealous. I just, no. The thing (laughs) is, is melodically, I like this song. The music, I, I literally wrote, I'm like, I love when it all cuts out and that you did a number on me, but honestly, baby, who's counting? And then it cuts out and she just whispers, one, two, three, four. And it comes back in. Like, I really like that. It's just the lyrics of this are so dumb. The call and answer, like, so it goes in the background. I, yeah. I love that. And there are moments where... I can vibe between lyrics that I wish I could forget. Um, yeah, overall, it's a skip, skip, skip it when it comes on. Gorgeous. Um, this is my favorite. Like, it sounds like she wrote it when she was fucking wasted and then just didn't change the <laughs> lyrics of the, like the triangle noise. Like all of about it screams. I had one drink too many in the recording studio and was like, you should take it as a compliment that I got oh, drunk and made fun of the way you talk. Like it's just such a drunk person song, but in such a funny way. I this is like juvenile writing, but in a way that I like. And I can't explain why this one I like, and so it goes I don't because like you're so cool, it makes me hate you so much. It's not incredible writing, and neither is the I can't say anything to your face because look at your face. <laughs> for some reason I just really love the way she delivers it and it's a funner song like you can tell it's supposed to be funny and the like um I'll just go on home to my cats alone <laughs> unless you want to come along it's intentional she was trying to be like silly and funny and like when you're kind of drunk and you're hitting on somebody in a bar and your friends are like maybe dial it down a couple notches and you're like it's clearly hitting on me and you're like I don't know if that's true <laughs> you're actually just being really mean to him it's and- the opposite of can I ask you a question the yeah. gorgeous is before the relationship drunk at the bar and can I ask you a question or question is post relationship yeah. Still, you're drunk harassing somebody. I love this song. It grew on me again when I first listened to it. I was like, no. But now I'm like, you should take it as a compliment. Oh, you were talking about like how simple lyrics and so it goes don't work and they do in this song. She is like the queen of saying things simply in a way yeah. that's very relatable, but not too basic. Um, this is like the way she has done it correctly and so it goes as like I said sort of unfinished where it was like I know what you're saying because it's just like very bluntly said I feel like this is like a good redemption track not super poetic it's not evermore (laughs) but it's uh, It's so silly and funny and the triangle kills me every single time it comes in there's just something very fun about that felt like the song was fun to make it was fun to write and it would be so fun to sing like at a karaoke night or something like that just get everybody in the bar screaming because you're all so gorgeous um one thing about reputation that in general is true Mm. but specifically this is one example of that is that like i said the production has a lot of layers to it but i feel like she really knocked out her own backing vocal tracks out of the park in this album 
like the call and answer, the like sort of like singing over the refrain, but like can't say anything to your face. And then she's like, do your face, look at your face. And she's like, like yell singing in the background. I think this whole album, she really, she was tapped in. Should we talk about the hidden gem on reputation that is underappreciated in my opinion by everybody? Not anymore. I don't have an unpolluted opinion now because all I hear from is Swifties. So in my mind, everyone loves Getaway Car. But did we always love Getaway Car? Because I didn't. Like, I have no memory of this song before, like, 2021. I think of you being like, oh, my God, you know what I actually love on Reputation is Getaway Car. And then going back and listening to it and being like, fuck, this is so good. I literally wrote here. I said, this is a near perfect pop song mm-hmm. for me. Getaway car is it's not annoying. You, you could say for her other songs that are in that contender for like near perfect pop song of like blank space, anti-hero. There's like a couple of them that come up kind of, but those have a shelf life because they're very repetitive and they're very radio friendly. Mm-hmm. This song and cruel summer might be the two best pop songs she's ever written in my opinion. Yeah, well, because they're, like, more complex than the radio yeah. hits. Like, here's the thing, and I think this is why I slept on Getaway Car for so long, because I was like, what the fuck is she talking about? Mm-hmm. What getaway? Get a, getting away from where? Why are you, are you robbing a bank? Because I had no clue about the Met Gala. I didn't know any of the, like, lore, which you shouldn't have to know it to be able to uh, um, appreciate it. Some of the things in the song are so specific to that night, that situation, that relationship, that you're kind of like, it's an inside joke and I'm on the outside. I don't know what this is even about. I do think that Folklore and Evermore coming out and having her write not from her own perspective and having that become like something that she was known for helps you go back and listen to Getaway Car and be like, it doesn't have to be about her. Just listen to this kind of like pop-esque style Bonnie and Clyde remix. I love it. I think it's so good. I think lyrically, specifically the bridge leading into the um, last refrain where you see it in Miss Americana where she and Jack are ri- literally like writing it as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, the money in the bag and it's all the keys. Because us, yeah. us traders never win. I'm in a getaway car. I left you in a motel bar, put the money in a bag and I stole the keys. That was the last time you ever saw me. You can be upset that this relationship didn't work out, but like, think about it. Like, think about the first night we met. What about that scream stability? What about this whole situation felt like this was built to last? None of you it. You could also say that you knew from the first old fashioned we were cursed. Yeah, you could say that. I also love the mood and the like sound is set in the beginning. And then it's like, X marks the spot where we fell apart. It's very like 80s Brian Adams, like movie soundtrack moment. So next is King of My Heart. Speaking of Reputation Tour, my fondest memory of this song is I, again, hadn't really like gotten super into it yet and didn't know it very well. And there was this one dude who was like down the stairs. I was in the nosebleeds. So he was down the stairs for me a little and like off to the right. And he was shaking his ass through every song. Okay. Like the kind of dancing I would do now. Yeah. But I, was, I wasn't I was there yet, but he was. He had like a t-shirt he had written on. 
he had bought the like baton that lights up and he was like throwing ass okay to every song and then king of my heart comes on which if you look at the songs we've discussed thus far it's kind of the first suite it's still upbeat but it's a little more like you don't really throw your ass to king of my heart no however this young man was fully arms in the air like popping his like booty it was the funniest thing i've ever seen and i was like yeah dance to king of my heart like you're in the club trying to like you know meet your next husband i love that this goes back to the so it goes with some of the juvenile not really liking some of the lyrics of it i like the bridge so like the second half of the song the and all at once you are the one i have been waiting for king of my heart like i really like that's not how it goes at all i cannot sing but i really like that part but i do not like the salute to me i'm your american queen and you move to me like i'm a motown beat i, I don't like that and the because all the boys are expensive cars with the range rovers and the jaguars i hate that line but then she goes on to say they never took me quite where you do which i like i don't like the way she says jaguars no. but she's going somewhere and i like where she ends up don't ever mention a car brand to me in a song ever period i also don't like it when she's like the driving a maserati down a dead end street i'm like i don't give a fuck what kind of car like i don't care she doesn't mention the kind of car in the getaway car we don't need it so i don't love the lead into the refrain but again the the bridge and the ending of the song and it's again it's a very sweet song the king of my heart and i like the opening um i'm perfectly fine I live on my own. I've made up my mind. I'm better off being alone. Yeah, I like the beer out of plastic cups. But then I, um, oh God, what was I going to say? Oh, um, this is not, this is more breadcrumbs. These are more sexy breadcrumbs. Rule this kingdom inside my room. She's, yeah. these songs walked so dress could run, is all I'm yeah. going to say. We're building. We're building. We're, we're letting you know that things happen in the bedroom. Now you try on calling me baby, like trying on clothes. Now I didn't like that line at first. I don't think. I don't like it. But I do like it now. I like the idea of like kind of experimenting with just like saying like, oh, hey baby, like, and just seeing how it like lands, you know, it feels very like early relationship sort of flirty, exciting kind of, I don't know. I think she's really good at writing a really quick line about something that kind of depending on who's listening can kind of take you somewhere i just hate pet names this is another it took me a while like i i skipped it every time for probably three years and then saw the video of her singing to the gay couple and was like oh maybe i do like this (laughs) backwards which brings us again the concept of naming a song dancing with our hands tied is 10 out of 10. If you read these lyrics without knowing what it sounds like, I think this is the most poetic song of this whole album. For me, this is another weak point in the album. I could understand it as a, as an acoustic song being much better and me enjoying it much more. Have you watched it yet? Have I sent, like, have you I seen the video? I don't think you've sent it to me before, no. I Or I haven't watched it. I just, the flow of it with the beat... Again, I was listening to somebody talk about it and they were like, it feels very EDM-y, but doesn't really fit with the lyrics. It was just like right. a weird mesh of two things that didn't end up fitting. Some of the stuff I really, really liked, but I don't like that. I could have spent forever with your hands in my pockets, picture of your face and in an invisible locket. That's like my favorite line. Oh, really? Whoops. Yeah. Like I wrote in my notes, I was like, this is a good ass name for a song, 
for the thing she's trying to convey of like, we were doomed from the start. We weren't going to make it, but we were still dancing. Even if our hands were tied again, as an acoustic stripped down song, I bet I would like it way more, but this just soured. I don't like listening to the song. Yeah. The, the music and the lyrics do not match at all. It yeah. is like miss in terms of how the final product came out, which I think is maybe why she always does the acoustic version because she's like, Oh wait, I changed my mind. Um, I do love, I'm a mess, but I'm the mess that you wanted. I love that line. Yeah. I'm going to find the video because now I want to hear it too. Okay. All right. Our sexual awakening. (laughs) (laughs) This was another one from the beginning that I was like, I fuck with this song. I love is porn. It is not even that sexy of a song. You are, you are like, it's like she was like, I'm going to throw you down and fuck you on the floor. My hands are shaking from holding back from you. I'm sorry. Let me just Uh say, there are times when you shake. Okay. Happening. Okay. Anticipation takes patience. You know what this? You know what the shaking is when it does get sexy. The first time she says it, it's not sexy. My hands are shaking from holding back on you. Silence and patience, pining and anticipation. Oh no, it is that thing. So maybe you're right. Oh my god, Mari, shut the fuck up. Okay um yes because she does the my hands are shaking from all this uh, uh, uh. again you're right it's pretty sexy we know what's happening in that scene and we're like oh because of my history the idea of the like friends that become more so they're like I don't want you like a best friend I only bought this dress so you could take it off that idea of like you dummy I am standing here in this dress that I bought specifically for you. Don't call me your best friend. The flashback when you met me, your buzz cut, my hair bleached. That whole section I am obsessed with, especially how it builds to where she says, even in my worst lies, you saw the truth in me. Mm -hmm. Girl. Say my name and everything just stops. Yeah. Nope. This is, this is a ride or die for me. I love this song. The flow of how the song goes, again, of her kind of flexing with the like, what if we kind of, what if the syncopation was a little bit different and it's pitched really high for her and she does the kind of breathy uh, mm-hmm. ahs. I, I just, oh, all, like all, all the silence and patience pining and anticipation, my hands are shaking. Like, again, it's that. But it doesn't feel rappy, which I like. No, I love dress. <laughs> I, this one what? is underappreciated outside of the Taylor Swift fandom. Like, I don't think a lot of people listen to dress and it's do you know who got me on team dress hmm you did oh <gasps> wow you did I remember talking about this album with you and you were like I love it and I was like mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I dope back in and I was like I was mistaken that's a sexy song is this her sexiest song I think it is absolutely yeah I'm, th- I'm like trying to think carve my name into your bedpost yeah <laughs> yeah Okay. I love it. Moving into another song that I love. Again, Petty, Silly, Fun Taylor. This is why we can't have nice things. I actually really like this song. It seemed, it's like more lighthearted and fun. She's not taking herself too seriously. This is like the best version of when she does this. And there's a negative side to it with like me. It's her being fun, but also still being like, this is why we can't have nice things. And I just... I love the, um, what was it? It was so nice being friends again, but you stabbed me in the back while shaking my hand. And therein lies the issue. Friends will try to trick you, get you on the phone and mind, twist you, 
it's a fun one to me. It's a fun one. And it definitely, um, when like, I don't know if it's because she says it in the song, but this, this song is very Gatsby to me. Like she says, I was so Gatsby for that whole year, but this is like that sort of like opulent party song. Like these are like, these are celebrity problems that we're hearing about in this song. This isn't like everyday people. No. <laughs> like you can, you can have friends betray you and things like that, but it's not quite on the same scale. Yeah. Also, I love the clip. I think it's in Miss Americana where Taylor's mom is singing along to this song in the in the audience. And she's like, I had to listen to all this drama. <laughs> it's so silly and vain and kind of vapid. But again, I think she's self-aware. Like it's poppy enough where I'm like, again, this is intentional. It also kind of feels like a fuck you of like, this is what you think I sound like. Like, this is what you hate about me, everybody. It's like repetitive, but I like the ways that she switches it up. Like the line where it's like, didn't you think you hear about all the things I said about me? This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Yeah, it gets you a little hyped up. It is petty, though. Love me some petty tay. Petty tay, petty tay. All right, call it what you want. I don't know that I have a strong feeling about this song. I oscillate wildly. This is definitely, again, I said there were three weeks points on this album. This is the third one for me. Like, every other song on this album, I like. Firmly like. I don't ever question it. I don't ever listen to it. And I'm like, I don't want to listen to this. Call it what you want, so it goes, and dancing with your our hands tied are the three that I'm like. Sometimes I listen to it, and I'm like, oh, my castle crumbled overnight. I brought a knife to a gunfight, and then other times I I'm like, skip, absolutely not. I think I do really like this song actually. Now that I'm reading the lyrics and being reminded, one thing I don't love is that she says, "I trust him like a brother." Yeah, it's weird. She's talking about her boyfriend. Um, I like the line about wearing his initial on a chain around my neck, not because he owns me, but because he really knows me. If I don't have an opinion on it, on this album of such polarizing, loud sounds, that means I don't like it. Like if I have to sit there and kind of think about it, I just, I'm like, that means skip. Cause every single one of these, the second you bring it up, I'm like, Oh, I love that song. I know, but it's so hard for me to say that now because I've had such a, a journey. We can do a re- we can do a look back, look for a six month look back, look forward. We Let's do a three hundred and sixty review of this conversation about <laughs> reputation. Um, yeah, I also like the I recall it November holding my breath slowly. Oh, I said, "You don't need to save me." I do like when she plays around with like rhythm. There are pieces of that I guess that I like. It's just not a love. Yeah, but it's not a it's not a false god. It's a bottom three. Oh my god, no. Is anything? The way people love that song. I can't even begin to talk about it right now. Let's not. Um, thank God when I was asking my sister, who's going on a Taylor Swift journey right now, shout out Melissa, um, and like kind of live texting and messaging me her thoughts as she moves through. Um, currently we are a big fan of Lover. I would say she's in her lover era. And she really likes Midnight's, which makes sense. But when yeah. she was telling me, I think I, I think Lover is my favorite. I was like, what? Mostly because of False God and me. And just being like, if you tell me those are your favorite songs, this isn't going to work out. You're out of the family. And I was like, do you like False God? And she was like, no. And I was like, do you like me? And she was like, no. And I was like, do you like Cruel Summer? And she was like, I love Cruel Summer. And I was like, we're fine. We're good. Let's round it out. New Year's Day. 
Um, yeah, love this song. I've always loved this song. At the time this album came out, I really needed and wanted Sad Taylor. And yep. this was the only little crumb that she left us sad girls. So I hung on to it. <laughs> it's like the only song I listened to on this album for a very long time, if I'm being honest. The best, best memory that I have now of this song, though, is when Mari and I tried to convert a coworker of ours who had never listened to Taylor Swift before. So we made him a playlist. And we put this song like early. We're like, we need the like New Year's Day is like the one. So then we're like sitting with him talking about it. And he's like, what's that one? It's like, please don't ever become a stranger or whatever. Like, and we both just go, oh, he goes, I don't like that one. I was like, <laughs> devastating. I was like, you listen to Radiohead. Get the fuck out of here. What do you mean? What does it mean? <laughs> What does any Radiohead song mean? Long Name opinion. one Radiohead song that's about anything. And yeah. I like Radiohead. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's so beautiful. The fact that this is the only song that she performed as even promotion when Jimmy Fallon's mom died. Like everything about the song is just so beautiful. Like the thought, the meaning behind it, the fact that it closes out reputation. She was so angry and in such a dark place, but then this is what ends the album. Couldn't be a better summation of like what those two years were probably three years four years were like for her and like mm -hmm. the the things that happened and and the like i'll be cleaning up bottles with you on new year's day like i want the quiet i want the quiet yeah. after she lands she lands on a soft place yes she does it's weird because after that jimmy fallon performance the record label promoted that song as a single for a period of time and then it got played on the country stations <laughs> that doesn't feel right the music industry literally has never known what to do with her. They're like, what are you? Yeah, Where do you I'm confused? Where can we make the most money? What do we call you? Yeah. And it was like a little, according to this Wikipedia, it was a little controversial because the radio stations were kind of like, I think she's moved on from us. Yeah. I think it's I don't think this is for us, if I'm being completely honest. Um, and I think it leads perfectly into what would become Lover. Like, I think that that sets up what Lover was um, as an album as well. I'm okay now. Like, I'm going to be okay. Uh, one thing also on my screen right now about this song, mm -hmm. a little bit titillating, you might say, is that during her Reputation tour, she played this song, but performed it as a mashup with Long Live. Oh. What? Is it about us? <laughs> Don't read the last page, but I stayed. I mean, it's not not about us. It's never not about us. <laughs> I think this for once isn't about us. This also goes on to say that somebody noted the similarities between New Year's Day and the song Enchanted. <gasps> that was when I first, when you were first saying the mashup in my head, I was like, oh, you know what would be better would be Enchanted. I was also shit myself if she plays enchanted on the heiress tour if she did new year's day enchanted long live medley I this is my theory about this tour is that every song we want to hear will be played but only for like 20 seconds as part of a medley <laughs> yeah it's tour year you guys we made it we did it we made it someday we'll talk about our ticket buying experience <laughs> You know what? I don't even think we need to because every Swifty everywhere for eight painful hours were united in the same torture chamber. That's true. As if our fandom wasn't tight enough, we suffered together. And actually, it got a little fractured because some fans got tickets and some didn't. Even though we were all there, followed all the instructions, 
Play by the rules, still got graded on a curve. <laughs> I know those aren't actually the lyrics, but you get what I'm saying. It counts, it's close enough. So that's the song by song. Just as to flashback to our first episode when we ranked all the albums, because I happen to have the doc open in front of me, I had Reputation as fourth overall, and you had it as fifth. Yeah, I don't think Midnight's cracks my. I think it cracks my top five, but underneath Reputation, I think my top five would be Folklore, 1989, Evermore, Reputation, Midnight's. Yeah, yeah. Yours were yours is Evermore, Folklore, 1989, Red, Reputation. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't know if Midnight's would kick out Reputation or Red for me. It might. I do love it. I feel like this is trying to choose favorite children at this point. Yeah. Also, like I've said in the past, like some of these albums and songs are like comparing apples to hand grenades. Like you just can't. Like what? Why are we even trying? Why are we even trying? Um, This is us trying. Any other reputation thoughts? I don't have anything else. Follow Screaming at the Sky podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Are you still on Twitter? Are we still on Twitter? Very technically, I have not checked it ever since Elon Musk set it on fire. (laughs) All right. I know.